0: Welcome to the Vault Studios Fantasy Football Podcast, your one-stop shop for all fantasy football info. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Lewis Glover, and we're back. We missed a week, but it is good to be back on the microphone. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Corey Easley. How you doing, man?
1: Good man, what's up? How's everyone doing out there? Another week um, down, we're halfway through the season. Um, it's pretty crazy when you think of that.
0: It's 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 wild, right? We're going into week eight, uh, midway point of the fantasy season. Assuming your commissioner isn't a complete moron and plays week 17, <laughs> uh, that's for DFS, DFS only for week 17. Uh, but yeah, man, we're halfway there. And you think about how long we wait during the off season, right? The countdown for football month by month, week by week, and already we're halfway, we're already halfway through the year. And this year's just been so crazy in terms of injuries. And I'm exhausted already. Got to fire up, <laughs> got to, got to re-energize, drink some five hour energy, some monster energy, whatever we can get our hands on and, and, uh, get, get the push through the second half of the season, uh. We're, as I said we, we we missed a week that was on me we I, I've been moving into state I've, I've been allowed finally uh, into the state of queensland under under the dictator Anna she's allowed us in uh, so it's good it's good to be up here in in, in warmer climate and uh, just excited to be to be back podcasting
1: yeah it's good to have you back um like like you said um traveling in within Australia's a bit tricky at times these the at this point in time so yeah um (laughs) but yeah it's good to good to have you back
0: uh it's good to be back now we've got a huge show coming up we've got so much to talk about and because we're recording on a friday this week we have the luxury of breaking down what we saw on thursday night football the atlanta falcons at carolina but before we get into it all It is my pleasure to remind you all that we are brought to you by Breaking Oz Memorabilia, who are bringing you some of the best authentic sign helmets and merchandise in Australia. To get involved, head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Breaking Oz. And not only do they sponsor the fantasy show, Breaking Oz are now the major sponsor of the vault studio, the entire studio. And to celebrate that partnership, we uh, kicked it off with a Uh, Terrell Suggs signed Baltimore Ravens helmet that says T-Sizzle on it. That went in a break in the group. We've got another helmet coming uh, next month but the exciting news for all Vault Studio patrons who sign up at the $10 a month or uh, level, every single person will be entered in uh to into the break for a helmet on a monthly basis for a chance to win so if you want to win one of these incredible helmets all you need to do for a chance to be chosen is to to head on over to patreon subscribe to the vault studio support the support the studio and be in with a chance to win yourself some seriously awesome uh signed uh helmet merchandise they look absolutely spectacular and i know you're hoping Corey to be one of those lucky few who who potentially wins a helmet and add to your collection
1: yeah, I would love it. Um, always adding um, <laughs> as much as I can with those with those awesome helmets we get from Breaking Oz memorabilia. So um, make sure you guys check it out; it's a lot of fun as well. So um, it's a good group of guys. So check it out. Um, get in a break. Uh, there's lots of minis out there, so you don't have to pay tons to get in. So right. um, you know, it's different, varying um, entry points. So check it out. Maybe win yourself a nice a nice lid for your mantelpiece.
0: <laughs> for sure, yeah for sure, there's a price point and an entry point for everyone for all levels of uh, collectors in there. All right, let's move on to the you know news and relevant notes section of the show. And I guess the biggest news item coming out of the NFL in the past week is that Antonio Brown is back. He will have completed his suspension after this week and he's reuniting with Tom Brady down in Tampa Bay. Uh, what was your immediate reaction to this news? Were you surprised by it?
1: Not surprised. Um, I think uh, everyone kind of predicted that. Uh, that Well, at least that Brady wanted to, um, AB down there. So um, I wasn't surprised at all. I just, you know, Arians, coach speak is one of the most annoying things uh, in the fantasy community, in NFL community, because he just, whatever he says, just believe the opposite. Um Except when he says
0: except when he says we gotta get Mike Evans more involved and he did get him ten targets that game. So uh shout <laughs> Can out, shout that out again, to, <laughs> Yes, 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 please say that again. But shout out to BA on that one.
1: But yeah, so I mean, you heard it around the tracks like Brady was vouching for him. I mean Arians has been around him before, so um I think he's on a short leash, but I obviously it helps their team. I mean, it just makes him that more, you know. Tougher to cover on defense, and they now have the game plan for Antonio Brown and everyone else on that offense.
0: Right. It just you know the rich keep getting richer, and the way BA referred to him was an insurance policy. He said we got two great guys here uh in, in in Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and he's an insurance policy. And he said, you know, with Chris Godwin out this week with a broken finger, uh, that AB could be that insurance policy coming in in week nine. My read on the situation is this. A.B. is going to be heavily involved. He's Tom Brady's guy. Brady wanted him there. Antonio Brown has taken an incredibly low-value contract, which I think he could have earned a lot more money on other teams. He always wants to play with Tom Brady. I mean, through his shitstorm of crazy tweets of the many that we've seen, he's always one thing has been consistent was his relationship with Tom Brady and saying that Tom Brady was the quarterback he wanted to play with. And what did we see in his one game with the New England Patriots? Granted, it was against the Miami Dolphins, whose defense is a shadow of what it looks like this season. But Brady went to A.B. early. He went there often. And, you know, A.B. had a, a good game. He got in the end zone. And I think we're going to see that in week nine. Uh, and I guess we can talk about that more next week. But just, just reacting to it, I think A.B. dents Godwin's immediate value. And I think it dents a little bit uh, uh, Evans' immediate value. But, but let's be honest, this season, unlike no other, Evans has struggled to stay healthy. Godwin has struggled to stay healthy. So I think there's going to be times when AB is going to be an absolutely monster play. And if you drafted him and stashed him or you went and got him for a cheap price in Dynasty, congratulations, well done. I'm patting myself on the back here because I loaded up in best balls early on during the off season. So, you know, I'm excited to see what he does. And, and, and obviously the conjecture around him serving his suspension just wasn't true. I, many, many people... Uh, believed that AB had to be on a team before the clock would start in his suspension. Clearly, that wasn't the case. His suspension will be up after this week, which is why he signed with the team. So it's all systems go for AB. And I truly believe that when he gets out on the field, people will remember the AB from Pittsburgh two years ago, one of the best receivers in the game. And that's what we're going to see when he steps out onto the gridiron uh, for Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, I think you just have to temper your expectations for all the weapons on this team now. Uh, I mean, even more so, I think Brady is just going to pass to the open guy. Um, Yes, he does tend to have his favorites at times as well, but um, he's always going to hit the open guy. So, I mean, that's why we saw, you know, Scotty Miller blow up after doing nothing um, last week. So uh, you just have to temper your expectations a little bit. I think, you know, everyone kind of takes a little bit of a hit and obviously AB gets more of a role and yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a fair statement to make. I don't, I don't know what more you can really say until we actually see how it, uh, all eventuates.
0: Right. But you know, who doesn't take a hit here? Who? Tom Brady.
1: Oh yeah, I know. I just but, picked him up in a league. In a right.
0: So, so <laughs> man, I, in in all seriousness, I Tom Brady could be a top five quarterback from here on out. This is how well he's playing. This is like he just he looks vintage at the moment. He's throwing the deep ball well. Like a Fine he's, wine. He, he really is the finest of wines. The fine, <laughs> the finest of avocado wines. Because he just looks sensational, and he's got all of these weapons everywhere. Gronk is coming back into you know not his prime, but certainly he's improving week to week. He's looking fitter. He's looking uh, more athletic, putting some size on, uh, you know, getting some of Peyton Manning's wife supplements over there in down in Tampa Bay. Uh, So (laughs) well, I can slander him now. He's not on the Patriots. Okay. But I just think Tom Tom Brady is just going to end up uh, being a a complete steal by the look of things because people after those first couple of games started to drop him and he was a guy who was going at like QB 10. And then you could start to get him off the waiver wire and, you know, he's going to be a top Definitely. five to eight quarterback uh, for the rest of the season is is where I'm at with that. So let's tie a bow on, on, on Tampa Bay, AB news there. Uh, let's talk reluctantly now about the new, the new England Patriots offense, which, you know, eh, I started Cam Newton in about eight leagues last week. So, Getting negative scores in all of those at the quarterback position was, was problematic for me in quite a few of them. Uh it Probably, was bad. You know
1: the, what was the problematic the other- for me is uh sending my first round pick away for a Cam Newton in a Superflex. So uh, oh, that, happened. No. that happened.
0: Oh no. <laughs> oh no.
1: But anyway, yeah, life I'm, goes on. I'm,
0: yeah, I'm I'm pouring one out one pouring one out for you figuratively right now because uh, i don't want to ruin the carpets of my my new apartment already uh, i'm apartment. in 20 leagues. it's okay <laughs> <Yeah>. bounce <back. laughs> you'll bounce you'll bounce back uh, absolutely but man if if, if uh, producer ja was here and doing his job instead of being out enjoying the newly found freedom in the state of victoria he'd I, i'm sure he'd have some kind of uh flushing toilet down gift or some, or something to say on the Patriots on the Patriots uh, offense right now but it's bad and things go from bad to worse with Julian Edelman getting a knee surgery and Ian Rappaport saying he's out indefinitely. Wouldn't shock me to see him go to IR for at least three weeks. It wouldn't shock me at all to see them start to pull this team apart and trade it for for pieces moving forward because it just does not look good at the moment teams are realizing that Cam has no one to throw to and the reality is uh, there is no one viable to start on this offense in season-long weekly lineups. I mean, Cam Newton in a you know, if you've got a, if he's your QB two in a superflex league, you're probably starting him unless you've got an absolutely loaded skill position grouping, and then you might have a, a question to to ask yourself. I truly don't think we're going to see another you know negative or below five point game from him. I think that's a bit of an outlier. I do think we're going to see improvements, but. The 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 ceiling that we saw, you know, back in week two, I think it was against Seattle. Uh, yeah, that's, that, that's gone. That's gone. Yeah, right. Julian Edelman yeah. was his deep threat that week. It's gone, and I was excited between then and now. Julian Edelman's obviously injured his knee, so uh, it's just it's not a good situation in the New England offense right now. Uh, do I think it'll be corrected well enough this season? Probably not. There's just nobody there. They don't have the the personnel to do so.
1: No, they, they definitely don't. I mean, um, we saw Jacoby Myers appear from out of nowhere last week, um, so that was nice to see. I mean, you probably expect, like, Gunnar Olszewski and um, Isaiah Zuber to be activated from the practice squad uh, this week. So, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, more guys that most people have never heard of. If I wasn't a Patriots fan, I probably wouldn't know either. I mean, Gunner was a D2 cornerback. <laughs> um so yeah but i mean the, the he interesting just thing this, this weekend,
0: yeah this he just add, adds to this myth <laughs> sorry sorry he just adds to this myth that bill belichick goes down to the supermarket and gets the guy bagging groceries and he's like hey man you want to come play play wide receiver for the patriots because basically what he's doing he's a d2 cornerback corner yeah
1: yeah, not quarter. No, no, quarter. I know. A quarter.
0: Sorry, that's yeah. that's that's, that's my uh, that's my after funny it. accent. Yeah, I mean, you can play
1: this... after they ship Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, but this weekend is going to be really interesting because um, the Buffalo game. Ninety percent chance of precipitation. Twenty-five mile an hour winds. So they don't need to. They don't need to pass this week. So it'll be fun.
0: It's gonna it's gonna be fine. Uh Josh Allen's gonna be overthrowing everyone. I I can't wait. Uh. Oh man. Um Bet the Under. Yeah, bet the under on this one. Bet the under on this one. Uh you know, more more injuries. There's just been so many of them, especially at the running back position. But let's move over now to the Seahawks backfield, where Chris Your Carson is fight. my yeah. I mean, poor Chris Carson. He's a tough dude. But he's got got some kind of mid-foot sprain. It looks like he's going to be out this week. He hasn't practiced. His immediate backup, Carlos Hyde, as of Thursday, hadn't practiced. His backup, Travis Homer, as of Thursday, hadn't practiced. It's one man. It's one man, one week only, DJ Dallas. This is a guy, man. I picked him up on every waiver run. Everyone was running after Carlos Hyde. And I was like... I don't know, man. Carlos Hyde, thirty years old, hamstring injury. I don't know about this. DJ Dallas, uh, and you know, I want to. I want to shout out uh, Ed, Edwin Porras. I I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Yeah, that's Edwin my guy. Porras. I know Edwin. Yeah. You know Edwin, right? Yeah. Great PT on Twitter. He he writes for Fantasy Points, one of my favorite websites. Shout out to the guys over there. The new startup for this season, Fantasy Points. But he was you know, talking about, talking about these injuries on the fancy points podcast and yeah, it just, it, it it made me want to go out and get, and get DJ Dallas. He was the guy I I didn't put in claims for for Carlos Hyde anywhere. Uh, This, it was DJ Dallas and I'm going to be feeling real confident starting him in a, you know, projected bell cow workload, because even if, even if Hyde is active and, you know, gets in light work on Friday, I'm not confident in him rolling, rolling him out with, with a hamstring strain that's, you know, one breakaway run, and it flares up again. So I think Dallas is going to get the majority of the, the touches here uh, for this week. So probably literally a one-week rental. I think he's going to be chalky AF in DFS because of his 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 low price. But, yeah, I think it's DJ Dallas week.
1: DJ Dallas week. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll see. This, yeah. uh, I think, you know, it kind of depends on – think Carlos Hyde might play I know he's not practicing yet but it's just one of those things it'll be really interesting to see if they just roll out there with DJ um, and no one else um, and how that all works out but DJ Dallas you know high pedigree coming out Uh, a lot of people like him Uh, so maybe he gets his chance here and actually solidifies some kind of role going forward as well because you know Carlos Hyde is just a guy
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, at this point. Um, But how's this for a segue? Speaking of solidifying a role going forward, what about Mike Davis? Do you think he's done enough? Because Christian McCaffrey should be back. I know I'm just absolutely professional uh, content here on the Vault Studio. But Christian McCaffrey should be back for week nine. They almost activated him for this week. But because it was the short week, I think if it had been a a typical Sunday kickoff, they probably would have rolled with him. But given the shortened week, they opted to, to play safe, roll with Mike Davis, and you know, if we're being honest, the offense has looked just as good, maybe even not if not better with Mike Davis back there, because you know, Christian McCaffrey isn't commanding all of those touches. Uh, they're looking, they're getting the ball around to to, to you know, Mal to feed. To, the Thursday night game was a typical example of of that, where it was Curtis Samuel week. He got involved heavily. Christian McCaffrey is obviously going to return to you know a huge workload but I'm thinking it's going to be more along the lines of a 70 30 split rather than the 92 to 8 split that we've been used to seeing of Christian McCaffrey over the past couple of seasons
1: yeah I think it's tough I think if Carolina's smart that's the way they go about it Um, Mike Davis hasn't looked great the last couple of weeks however know he doesn't need to be great when you're only getting you know 25 percent of the carries um just kind of just needs to be Mike Davis so it's not like they're going to be asking him to be more than what he already is Um, I think he obviously punched a bunch punched above his weight for you know the first little bit of McCaffrey's um injury and now getting McCaffrey back is a win for the offense and having Mike Davis there I think will overall help McCaffrey stay fresh and you know on the field
0: right yeah uh, and you know he's he's been he's been fine like he hasn't he had a good game yeah, this week he's, against he's,
1: he's Mike Davis yeah.
0: he's like a, a above above replacement level running back he's he's done well uh, and I believe that the stat flashed up on on the screen on Thursday Night Football since coming in for Christian McCaffrey he leads all running backs in in receiving yards like uh He's, he's, he's been used in all facets of the game. He's still not very old. And I can imagine, uh, you know, based off of the way he's played and the way he looks in this offense, he, you know, carving out a, a contract extension for himself here in Carolina moving forward and being the guy to spell Christian McCaffrey because they gave him this outrageous, stupid contract that they can't get out of that no one's going to want to take on and then found themselves going, oh, well, shit, we're paying Mike Davis $8 an hour and he's doing, you know, quite a lot of what we've asked Christian McCaffrey to do obviously he's not McCaffrey he's not you know gonna replace him fully but they started the offense started to look better and that's you know there's many factors to that it's the offense getting more reps together in a shortened without you know with no preseason it's them starting to come together and, and, and Bridgewater getting on the same page as receivers etc cetera, et cetera some easier matchups. All of those things, but I think Mike Davis should get, you know, should get some run here in Carolina at least for the rest of the season as they look to protect Christian McCaffrey in what is really looking now like a lost season for the Panthers.
1: Yeah, for sure, I, I agree with that sentiment.
0: Uh, also, in this game, sucks. We saw Calvin Ridley go down. Uh, Your so boy, of, oh, my guy. I gave him the kiss of death. I, I you know, I. I I went in and, and bet on him to to lead the, the league in receiving yards uh, a couple of Again. weeks ago, the, the last time we did a, a podcast together. I mean, and then yeah. he, he was fourth then coming into this week. He was third. I was excited. I wrote great matchup. I rolled him into my multi-bet and yeah, dead. Yeah. I,
1: I had him uh, anytime touchdown today. That didn't happen. Uh, tough, tough break for Ridley. Apparently it, um, news just came out recently, like within the last 30 minutes, that uh, it's not deemed to be serious. So um, that's good news for all fantasy owners. So you right. should be back in, you know, a week or two. Hopefully, um, back in your lineup.
0: Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, given that they're going to have the the extra few days of recovery, that we can get him back out here in week nine. Uh, and the last thing I thought we should touch on. Uh, in this section of the show is it looks like Andy Dalton is going to miss this mm, week. Yep. Um, and we're going with Danucci.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, James Madison.
0: James Madison.
1: the pride of James Madison.
0: Right. And <laughs> I mean, I don't even have words for how devastating this is just for the Cowboys offense as a whole. But really, since since Dak went down, Dalton has not been adequate. The offensive line is dead. Zeke has decided to dip his hands into into oil before every game. Like it, it's it's just a mess. Cooper takes a hit. Lamb is, takes a hit. Schultz takes a hit. Gallup is dead. Like it's just not good. The the only thing I can think of that might be a positive considering where you drafted Ezekiel Elliott and how disappointing you would have been in his production is that they just might want to run the ball 40 times and not let DiNucci try try to throw it all that much. That's all I can think of uh, this week. Uh, got, they're in prime time, uh, national, nationally tele- televised game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I think it could get ugly for the Dallas Cowboys. Things are going to get worse before they get better in Jerry world with no offensive line and the Eagles pass rush coming at them, I think this could be this could be nasty. This could be a, a real bloodbath that you don't really want any part of. And you're just gonna have to hope for, you know, Zeke to house a screen or to just get loose on something. But that's all you're really gonna be able to hope for this week.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's got obviously a tough spot for Danucci, but I mean, you know, he's a starter of the Dallas freaking Cowboys right now. Um, you know, I think if he does kind of take the bull by, by the horns here, you could potentially just become the starter uh the rest of the year, uh, which would be interesting. Uh but that being said, I don't give him much chance against this. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> just, just um, I don't give him much of a chance against this Eagles uh, defense. I saw the meme, um, you know, the Eagles will be calling, you know, that Madden play engage eight, <laughs> or just send everyone.
0: Send everyone. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> um, I'll just call that play over and over again. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be tough for Danucci. I think they try to play it safe and conservative. And I don't think that's going to play well because, you know, the Eagles are starting to get healthy now. Uh, Rieger's coming back. Alshon Jeffrey's not far away. Um, this is not the time to be playing the Eagles off, off, coming off, you know, big comeback win for them. And they, they want to put a game together where they smack someone as well. So, you know, they've kind of been struggling a little bit themselves. So for them, it's a huge game to come out and take out this, you know, hobbled Dallas Cowboy team. So, yeah, I like the Eagles in this one easily.
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. You think about it from the Eagles' perspective. They've had to deal with all kinds of, you know, question marks about about their team. They now get a nationally tele- televised game against their biggest rival. They get to, you know, a depleted defense, no offensive line, absolute scrub at quarterback this could be a huge platform for the eagles to take off from for the rest of the season really generate some momentum uh and just em- embarrass the the dallas cowboys so uh I, th- I think it could happen i think that's the likely outcome uh for, for, <laughs> for that to happen <laughs> i can just see I, I don't know what's going on we're on stream yard i can just see Corey's like put up a little video and something's just like flashing in the corner here and you know I'm like, I'm just, if I see I'm some-
1: just watching Danucci highlights. That's all.
0: <laughs> if I see if I see something shiny, my eye gets automatically drawn drawn towards it. Um, Danucci highlight reel looks like it's 37 seconds long. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, all right, yeah. So downgrade your cowboys. And the last thing I will say on that is that Zeke Elliott could be a nice little contrarian GPP play because. Locked in volume there at the running back position. Everyone's off on Zeke. We we talked about why, but it just could be one of those days where he gets loose and just 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 has a day, and
1: he barely he, needs, it. badly needs it.
0: He, bad, he badly needs it, right? He badly needs it, and you know it's not going to be someone I'm going to be bullish on. But there's a few lineups where I play some Zeke, just purely contrarian. He's going to I'm sure his ownership is going to be quite low. All righty, uh, let's move on. Now, Corey, to our Buy, Sell, and Holds segment. Uh, Ooh, let's go. Let's do it. Uh, why don't you share with our listeners who you've got for your buy this week?
1: All right. My buy, I'm doubling, tripling down. Uh, my guy, Brandon Cooks. Um, now, Brandon Cooks is someone that the owner right now probably hasn't played him, maybe played him last week. Um, coming off that. You know, game where he led the team in routes and snaps and everything except for catches and yards where he had zero. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, you could have gotten Cooks for pretty much whatever you wanted to. I I saw him actually being dropped in a few spots as well. Um, I snatched him up in those leagues that he got dropped. But he came back with a vengeance, obviously, coinciding with Billy – Billy O'Brien's firing. Um, you know, Cooks came out raring to go. I think he had nine catches for 180. Um, and then, you know, he's been pretty consistent since then. So he's getting peppered with targets, uh, especially in PPR. He's, he's been a really nice receiver. Um, I still think you can get him pretty pretty cheap. Uh, I think, the, like I said, the owner's probably only played him one week. Um, so uh, after that huge game, they're probably still a little bit, you know, shaky I'm playing him thinking that was a bit of an aberration, but uh, I think he's someone that you can grab and I think you should.
0: Yeah, I I agree, especially, you know, there's there's all of the trade rumors as we approach the deadline here that Will Fuller could be on his way out. The team has chosen to not exercise their fifth year option, uh, being that he was a first round pick. So he an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. They might be looking to get some compensation in return, knowing that it's probably a, a lost cause for them this year. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Will Fuller, you know, head towards, uh, you know, pastures anew and, and Brandon Cook really lead the team significantly in targets uh, from here on out. Now, I would ordinarily go into my buy, but I sort of think it dovetails nicely with with what you're trying to do, I'm going to go to my cell, I'm my cell right now, fresh off a Oh, I don't, I don't even, I can't even find a way to, to, to put it nicely. Uh, let's call it an, an anemic performance on Thursday night football. Is old Dusty McDusterton, Todd Gurley, right? He's just, he's just so washed, but he keeps falling into the end zone intentionally or not. And, you know, he's the running back seven in PPR scoring right now. And I know he's played one more game than everyone else, so you adjust for that, but he's been scoring you fantasy points. He hasn't been doing it well. He doesn't look good. He doesn't like he can beat anyone, but falling into the end zone is propping him up. Now I think, you know, he's probably going to see a little bit of touchdown regression. I think he's scoring too many touchdowns for what he's putting out in terms of, of yardage. But people need running backs. And if you can sell him to someone who doesn't really, you know, pay attention to all of the games in, in the way that we might necessarily do and go back and try to watch as much as we can just box score scouting or looking to see his fantasy points on a weekly basis, go and move Todd Gurley and go and move Todd Gurley for Brandon Cooks. This is why I wanted to come to this now. I think I think this is a trade you can easily make, and it's a trade I would make in plenty of leagues because I think Brandon Cooks can easily be a you know a wide receiver two value for you, but a guy who's probably going to be, if you go and make a move to acquire him, like the wide receiver four on your team, an incredibly strong flex for you, uh, you know, moving from here out. And if you drafted Todd Gurley, you likely got him in, in, in the third round. He's outperforming sort of expectations at the moment because of the, the lack of quality at the running back position. But anyone with eyes can see. Brian Hill looks like the more dynamic runner in that backfield.
1: Yeah, um, he does look pretty solid.
0: He looks far better than Todd Gurley. And I think he's going to continue to take away opportunities and carries from Todd Gurley because he can beat men. He can get to the edge and, 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 and get yardage. Gurley gets to the edge and goes out of bounds because the angle's being closed because he just doesn't have that that burst and acceleration anymore. So I'm completely out on Todd Gurley in dynasty. I'll sell him for a ham sandwich and in redraft, I think you can, you know, I think you can get some return on him for someone like Brandon Cooks, uh, a guy I completely endorse as a buy. Corey's guy who's been pounding the drum for him since the off season. Uh, bit broken record here on the Vault Studio Fantasy Podcast is. Is, is there an opportunity for Corey to hype up Brandon Cooks? Yes. yes. Will he do it? Yes. It's like a flow chart, right? <laughs> is, are we recording a podcast this week? Yes. Will there be an opportunity for Corey to talk about Brandon Cooks? Yes. Will he use this opportunity to gas up Brandon Cooks? Yes. yes. That is the Brandon sure. Cooks flow chart. Absolutely. We need, to get, we need to get a graphic designer to draw that up for us. and put that We in do. <laughs> All right, so that's my sell. Um, I'm going to use the opportunity. I'm going to flip back around. I'm going to go two in a row here, sticking on the Thursday night football uh, game on the other side of the ball. DJ Moore is my screaming buy in, in redraft, in dynasty. Everyone is throwing DJ Moore out all of a sudden. A couple of months ago, people were ready to put him as a top three dynasty wide receiver, and now everyone's like, Nah, I'm out. I'm done. Like, like Twitter... Like you, like you, right? Because t- Twitter, if you don't, if you haven't done it before, and I know people like work and stuff, they might not have the luxury. I can, being a, you know, being someone who sits at a desk for a living, I have the luxury of streaming the game and also being on Twitter at the same time, when I'm not too busy. And the reaction on Twitter of declaring DJ Moore dead, like it's just, it's yeah. just the, the retirement of DJ more. Like I get it. It's a funny bit. I enjoy it. Like I, no, no one enjoys recycling bits more than me on Twitter over and over again. Just look how many times I tweet about Leonard Fournette. But in all seriousness, the reaction or the overreaction to DJ Moore, who actually finished the game leading the team in receiving yards. Uh, you know, got some you know uh, garbage time or you know trying uh, final two-minute drill uh, yardage there, including a yep. bomb, a beautiful 40-yard bomb. There was a bad yep. ball by Teddy. He he adjusted well, contested catch. DJ Moore can play. He has all the production profile you want. He's hyper-athletic, um, you know, can, can be featured in the running game uh, and get, get some end arounds. He returned, can return punts and kicks. Like, he's super dynamic. He's young, productive. Like, he ticks all of the boxes. He's had a few blow-up games. Robbie Anderson has been better than we thought. But both of these guys can be really, really good. And DJ Moore in Dynasty moving forward, like, I'm still buying him where I can. And I ran a Twitter poll because I wanted to see like what everyone, everyone loves to react and overreact to the new things, you know, overreact to guys not performing well and declare them dead, retired, MIA, put them on a milk carton. So I said, my, my poll was this. It was DJ Moore, Justin Jefferson, or Henry Rooks. Who do you prefer in Dynasty? And like 60-something percent of people wanted, and I've got nearly a 1,000 responses. So, you know, big sample size. Over 60% of people one, Justin Jefferson,
1: a few yeah, sickos out right there. Now. A few
0: he's sickos hot. out there. He's super hot right now.
1: <laughs> we should have said so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is so hot right now. Um, and, and, and a few sickos went with went with rugs. There's was like thirty percent of people wanted wanted DJ more, and you know that's a big margin for a guy. Now, don't get me wrong. Justin Jefferson has looked sensational. Um, in his limited opportunities to date. And he's had some big, big games. But let me remind you of the teams he's had the big, big games against. Tennessee, who are just giving up all kinds against the pass. Houston, who are fielding one of the worst defenses. And Atlanta, who we know are one of the worst defensive units, particularly in the secondary. Every other game, he's done, you know, sweet FA. Two for 26, three for 34, and three for 23. So he's had these amazing blow-up games against bad teams, which is what you want from him. And then against better opposition, he hasn't done so well. Now he's a rookie. I'm cutting him some slack here. But everyone's like, oh, Justin Jefferson. I guarantee you can find someone who's got Justin Jefferson as like a top six dynasty wide receiver already. The overreactions are going to be absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, <laughs> people are going to be people are going to be selling Julio Jones for a second round pick come the end of the season after he's just gone, you know. Seven for a hundred and thirty odd or whatever he went for this week, so I guess this is just my way of saying buy d j Moore because the overreaction and people it's a long way to get there it's but, a long way to get there, but I think I, it. I think you know I, I think it was worth going on the journey with me to buying d j more
1: you know what, and you brought me on the journey, and I think I agree with you, I think at his current value, which is basically you know. I think yeah, it's a good it's a good place to buy him, um, even if you don't love DJ Moore as a player, um, like like myself, I still think he brings you really good value at this at this price point. So um, I agree with you on that one.
0: Uh, and the last thing I will say is it takes it'll take if you buy him now, it'll take two more good games from DJ Moore and his value. will, You know he'll be a top five to dynasty wide receiver again. And if you don't like him. Just buy him to 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 at the dip in value. Let him appreciate in value a little bit, and then move him on. But yeah. he I, he certainly feels like a buy for me right now. And at this point, feels like I've been talking forever. I'm going to kick it back to you for either a hold or a sell.
1: Yeah, my sell is Kareem Hunt. Now I, that might seem a little extreme. I know I know a lot of people have liked what Kareem Hunt has brought so far. At the same time, Nick Chubb is going to be back. And once he's back, I think this goes right back to being some kind of 50 50 timeshare. And, you know, you're not looking at the same productivity. So I think selling now on Cream Hunt is a guy that you probably didn't draft to be your RB1 or your RB2. Um, You got in the sixth round, the seventh round, maybe even. um, And you can get some value back for so a lot of people out there very hungry for running backs and i think this is a really good time to go out there and try to sell cream hunt and see what you get back um you know if you want if you love dj Moore, there you go (laughs) get get dj Moore right there so um i think cream hunt can bring you back some some nice value to your team especially where you drafted them and I don't think his value is going to get much higher than it is right now this season, uh, especially with the, with all the injuries and everything going on in the running back position. So Cream Hunt is my sell.
0: Yeah, I I, I get that because his value is pretty much peak right now. The Cleveland Browns are playing winning football at the moment. So I think while they'll want to be cautious with Chubb, they're not going to sit him on ice because the season's a lost cause and preserve, preserve until next year. And what we've seen – With the uh, Chubb and Hunt split, I mean, talk about overreactions on Twitter and throwing (laughs) the baby out with the bathwater. Nick Chubb was dead and buried after week one, and then week two came along and he was an absolute monster again. But I think what we're going to see, as we saw in the first few weeks before he got hurt, is that game script will determine the running back usage in Cleveland. If they're ahead and they're running the ball well and playing good defense, it's a Nick Chubb kind of day. If they're playing from behind and chasing the game it's a kareem hunt kind of day so really whether you're going to feel comfortable getting expected points out of your your lineup with these guys is going to be entirely based on the vegas lines and the way that that game is expected to go now of course it isn't always going to be like that and you're not going to be benching nick chubb any week but that's sort of how you can adjust your expectations in my opinion and i agree that if you can extract some top value for kareem hunt you should absolutely be looking to do so Knowing that Nick Chubb is going to be coming back, the Browns are what five and two this week. They go six yeah. and two. Like with the bye week, they have a bye. Ex- in week
1: nine. They, so. a bye. they go Chubb, six and two
0: into the bye week. Exactly week ten, Nick Chubb comes back, good to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I, absolutely, I'd be 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 a uh, you know all 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 for that if you can spare the luxury of moving on from Kareem Hunt, especially uh, especially this week.
1: Yeah. Uh, All
0: right. Did you, that was your buy sell. And did you have a hold as well?
1: Yep. My hold, uh, it's not gonna be very popular in the fantasy community, but it's Mike Evans. Uh, I think, I mean, we talked about it a little bit off the top about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers situation, but I don't think anyone should panic on Mike Evans. Uh, you know, he's still one of the best receivers in the game. Uh It's still going to be a red zone threat for this team. I think that's probably where he, Brings most his value to your fantasy team this year. Um, like he's gotten, you know, six red zone targets this year. It's put some 18th. Um, I think he's going to have even, you know, he's going to have more than that. He's third in total TDs right now. Um, so, like, I think that's his value. I, th- I think everyone just needs to calm down a little bit. Yes, the panic stations have come out a couple times now with with Mike Evans, and that's that's fair. Um, at the same time, though. Um, he's a mismatch problem. And I think actually, I think it kind of helps them having a B there. So, um, you know, a lot of teams just can easily kind of double Mike Evans and kind of take him out of the game because he's not that he's not a shifty receiver. Like he, he's running down the field, um, you know, and they put out safety over the top. It's, he, he's not going to get the ball. Tom Brady's not going to force that in there to him. Uh, he's not that, it's just not that type of team. So, uh, I think this actually might even open a few things up for Mike Evans on the outside. So we'll see how that all plays out. But I think that is exactly what you need to do when you have Mike Evans. I think you need to wait and see uh, and see how it all plays out.
0: Right. Some of the, some of the uh, sort of trade offers I'm seeing flying around Twitter at the moment, conversations in in group chats about what his value is. People are really. Down on him at the moment. There's the statistic going around in the games that he's played with Chris Godwin this year. He's done sweet FA and you know, God right.
1: Yeah. Who cares? But also
0: find me a better red zone weapon in football than Mike Evans. I don't think one exists. Like you could make arguments for some other people, and maybe it gets pretty close, but I think Mike Evans is the best red zone weapon in football. He's phenomenal, he's a matchup nightmare. And I think Tom Brady knows that. And we know that because. Look at his some of his stat lines. He's basically, you know, two for two yards and two receptions, two yards, two touchdowns, right? But Tom Brady knows this. He looks for him. Um, it's just, it's just how it's going to go. You're going to have these frustrating weeks with Evans, but you're going to have some boom weeks as well. Uh, it's just that's just h- how it is at the moment. Uh, as we said, there's going to be some inconsistencies week to week, but I don't think I don't think it means you you bail out bail out. Uh, you know, at, at yeah, low I mean- level value.
1: He had six touchdowns through, or he has six touchdowns through seven games this year. Uh, he had eight touchdowns in 2018 and 19. He had five in 2017. You know, so let's settle, let's settle down.
0: Um yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, of course, the flip side to that argument is well, he's probably going to see some touchdown regression because he does not have the yardage. But I also think he's being used in an incredibly unique way, and it's his volume in at the goal line, not just in the red zone, at the goal line, the way he's being used when they get down there uh, is is really interesting and they keep having success and there's no reason to go away from that until someone makes them do otherwise and good luck trying to, you know, take Mike Evans out of the game inside inside the red zone. So uh, I'm with you uh, on the hold situation on Mike Evans. My guy, uh, my hold, last part of this segment is James Robinson. He's a hold for me right now because... I've seen some trade offers flying around in dynasty redraft. Now you got this guy for a penny off the waiver wire and he's been an absolute star. And we're talking about a guy who's going to get you to the playoffs. I don't know if he's going to be a league winner. And I I thought he was. And then I started to look into his his schedule is great coming up to the playoffs. He has smash matchups every single game, except against the Steelers. Uh, They, they sort of break up. What's an incredible schedule. And then, Uh, you know, once we get to the fantasy playoffs weeks, 15, 16, uh, it's not great. Um, my, my, my compute, my tab is just frozen on his schedule. Hold on. Give me, give me, give me a second here. Um, the tab, the tableau from sharp football stats has, has frozen. Um, great, great. Um, I can't, I go, let me go to, to pro football reference. I'll pull up the Jags schedule here uh da, 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 da. right so they get the texans great matchup packers great matchup Steelers, bad browns good vikings great matchup tennessee titans great matchup and then it goes baltimore chicago so two bad matchups weeks 15 and 16. but before that it's it's you know full steam ahead for james robinson guys a hold and then I think at like week 14, you go, okay, I'm going to move on from him here. Sell him on the promise of this matchup, right? The Tennessee Titans, because he shouldn't be, unless you've had some horrible injury luck, James Robinson shouldn't be your running back one, unless it's just been an absolute nightmare for you. J-Rob should not be your running back one. And if he is, you can't be mo- moving him on, but he's a firm hold for me until like with that week 14 stage. And then I'm going to be like, okay, let's, let's go to that guy who just crept into the playoffs and go. Oh, you wanna make you you wanna go for it? You wanna really, you know, see if see if you can make a Cinderella run here? You wanna be that, you know, sixteen seed in, in, in the tournament? Take some James Robinson off my hands and go and get, you know, a nice receiver in return or whatever you can do to improve your team. But yeah, that's that's why James Robinson's a hold for me. And then later in the season he will become a sell.
1: Yeah, in Dynasty, I think that's smart move. I think in redraft, I think I would try to sell him after the Packers game, depending on how that goes. Um if it goes well, then I think that's a good time to sell. And that's November 16th, uh, that game. So they play the Steelers after that. Um, I, I think that's probably the kind of area you're looking at. Obviously, if you need them, then you keep them. But, um, yeah, I think, like you said, in, in Dynasty for sure, you can hold on to them a little bit long because there's no trade deadline. Um, and then you can sell them for, you know, draft pick or whatever you feel mm-hmm. will help you. Team. So, um, I think I think that's good, uh, not a bad idea, because we just don't know. I think obviously there's some rum- rumors now that the Jags are going to have a different quarterback. So I don't know how that's going to play out if if he's worse, if it's Mike Glennon or if it's Jake Luton, uh, the rookie from Oregon State. Um, how that looks how the met, you know, it's going to change the offense a little bit because Minshew, at least, you know, he's not probably not an NFL starter. But he's serviceable. I mean, he can get targets on field to his to his weapons and things like that. So who know, Mike, Mike Lennon? Like, if I'm a defense, I'm not really worried about Mike Lennon peppering me up. So um, really,
0: Jake, that's that's strange.
1: <laughs> Jake Luton, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I know nothing about Jake Luton on Oregon State. So uh, we'll see. But I
0: don't even think I, he's a real person. I think he just like pulled his name from NCAA 14. He's just like a he's just like a much. Regen character. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I just signed him. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, Two-star so recruit. I think you got to be very careful, with James Robinson. I understand holding because he's been absolutely stellar for most people um, so far this season. And yeah, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this Jags offense looks coming out of the bye week.
0: Yeah, and you never know what the, the organization might choose to do as well. If, exactly. you know, it's another, I know they're rebuilding, but they might get to the end of the season and go, okay, Minshew's out. Um, you know, let's, let's completely clear, clear, clean house here. New quarterback, new GM, all of that fun stuff. And they've got no loyalty to an undrafted free agent, even if he looked good, right? They, they have no commitment. They have no investment in James Robinson. And, you know, it's a fickle business. And if he, if he has a slow end to the season, that's what they're going to remember. So, you know, it's, it's, it really, the James Robinson case is a really interesting one. And I think in seasons to come, James Robinson is going to be held up as an example of, you know, either everyone's, you know, bought in too much on this undrafted free agent, or everyone's going to hang their hat on and go, look, he's the next, you know, uh, undrafted free agent that turned into be the great dynasty steal for, for seasons to come. So yeah, James, it's going to be super interesting to see his career arc. And where that uh, develops all right so those are buy sell and holds let's move on uh, to our next segment uh you know relevant because we're on the eve of halloween those who are dead to me and i first of all i'd just like to say you're welcome to everyone who rosters aj green because after declaring him dead and buried he's seemingly not he's not seemingly uh yeah let's let's call him aj Green. Crappy. Yeah. AJ Lazarus Green, the fantasy zombie, back from the dead, and he started to look good again. Or, oh, well, you know, he started to be serviceable again. You know, was it 12 targets in each of the last two games? So AJ Green, uh, maybe a DFS player this week. Maybe, maybe. But the guy who is unequivocally dead to me, and he's been dead for a few weeks, and really I can't recall such a precipitous drop-off in just, you know, being Ooh. a guy who, who looked swear. like he... Thank you, thank you. Uh, i was reading the dictionary before we we uh, we jumped on but someone who just absolutely dropped into dust is ty hilton man what happens because i know he was banged up last year but there was still some plays and you go okay yeah ty's there he just needs the quarterback he just needs you know he just needs that serviceable consistent qb play if he can stay healthy he's done be health is done man he's the wide receiver 77 <sighs> But he's played 74% of his team's snaps. He has an 18% market share. He's getting looks. He just can't do anything with them because, you know, instead of moving knees and ankles, someone's just replaced them with pieces of wood and seemingly limited all of his movement. I don't know what is going on with T.Y., but he just looks <laughs> done, dead. Like, to the point where I I, I would, con- you know, in in shallow dynasty leagues, I would consider dropping him not in like these deep 35 spot ones, but like some people playing dynasties, you know, like 22, 23 roster spots. Yeah. Bye bye, done? Like, unless someone wants to give you like a third round pick for him and you go, okay, maybe, or it's like a throw in to get another deal done, but hmm. he look, he looks washed.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's probably what I would do is try to throw him into a, a package deal where you have a nice piece on a great piece and you throw in T.Y. Hilton's name value and try to, you know, pry something away from an owner that you're looking at. So I don't think you're gonna to get tons back for him at this <laughs> point. Um what's his contract situation? Because I could I feel like this is probably the last year in um India if if they can get out of it. Um I'm just gonna quickly look while we're while we're live here. But um yeah so yeah he's a
0: UFA in twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah. Well there well, you go. After
0: twenty twenty one. But he's got he's got zero guaranteed dollars left. Yeah, there's no way he comes back.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see how they how they bring him back. Uh obviously whatever fix on that, you know, receiving core is is not gonna be T. White Hilton. So yeah, I think it's time to move on. I think he probably land somewhere. Um maybe that helps him i doubt it i mean we've been waiting for this for a while now he's been banged up uh now he's been healthy but he just hasn't hasn't produced so it might be it might be curtains for good old ty
0: yeah and at a relatively young age 31 but all of those injuries it might he's made a lot of money it might just be time to hang it up if if he wants to play again next year it's going to have to be on a very team friendly deal and i think they'll probably use him in a limited in a limited role, bring him in as a guy to just be a, you know, a field stretcher and <laughs> in obvious passing situations, but you can't expect him to be out there uh, being that team's wide receiver. One, two, maybe even three at this point. Like it just, it doesn't look like it's there for T.Y.
1: Yeah, um, definitely. He's Yeah, he's set to make $14.5 million next year. That's not going to happen.
0: No, sir, it is not. All right. Uh, who is dead to you?
1: all right dead to me is a player that i always end up with i feel like every redraft i'm sitting there at you know round nine (laughs) from looking at my roster and i'm like i don't like these receivers that much i don't like these running backs that much oh there's a tight end oh it's evan ingram uh should we should we do this again to myself and every year i do it i click the button i got evan ingram on my team i put him in my lineup if he's not hurt, he's just not doing anything. And then I'm looking for replacements. I find a replacement. And then he catches six passes for like sixty yards. I'm like, oh, this is the week. And then I, I play him and he has one catch for seven yards. And it's just it's just a nightmare to own him. I just I dropped him in the league, redraft. I know he had six catches um last game, but I just I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I just need something consistent, even if it's middling. Um you know, I dropped him. I picked up Gronk in a league. Um, I have, uh, you know, got her on IR. So I was just like, you know what? I'm done with Angram. He's dead. To me. I, I can't do it anymore. I, I tried. I tried for multiple well, this, seasons.
0: Yeah, I mean, this this is the thing. You could, if his usage was there, you go, okay, I'll stick it out and, and hope it turns around. But the offense is absolutely dire, and he's being used in an incredibly conservative shitty way right of, of right. like eligible receivers at the target threshold he has got the lowest yards per target or uh, yeah y- yard yards per target out of all eligible tight ends like he's not being used deep he's just he's basically jason garrett's jason witten that's all he knows so
1: yeah 2.2 you know, um no i can't be right um he's got only 20 he's got 26 receptions which isn't bad um, it's just yards per, per reception is 33rd in the league. Um, it's not great.
0: Yeah, he's got 20, 26 receptions for 28 yards.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much.
0: That's what it feels like. <laughs> he's just getting checked out at the line of scrimmage and falling over.
1: <laughs> he, he's also leading uh, tight ends in uh, drops, so that's good.
0: So that, that's all, that always helps. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, giant offense. Giants offense is a mess. Who would have thought? So, yeah, T.Y. Hilton and Evan Ingram dead to me. I will say T.Y. Hilton is dead to me everywhere. I'm still happy to, to buy low on Evan Ingram, particularly in, like, two tight end leagues. I do
1: think the talent's
0: there. Oh, yeah, for sure. And can I, I th- drop them there. Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, just I just thought I'd be clear there because I talked yeah. a little bit about Dynasty and just wanted to clarify. All right, so they, they are the players who are dead to us. Let's move on to the guys. We are streaming this week, a quarterback, a tight end, and a defensive player, all who are under 30% owned.
1: Oh, you, you, yep.
0: <laughs> as, as, it, as it was last time. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll start um, with my quarterback, and I'm going with Baker Mayfield, fresh off his career best game. He absolutely lit it up without Odell Beckham Jr. Um, you know, n- not the toughest of opposition he obviously that he went against went against but this week guess what not exactly a tough opposition either going up against the las vegas raiders who are giving up 25 uh draft kings points per game against opposing quarterbacks so baker mayfield very much in play this week uh, i think if you're looking for a quarterback maybe cam newton was your guy and you, you're not trusting him or you know um Maybe your quarterbacks on bye. Maybe you had. Um, I can't even think of, think who's who's on on by week at the moment. Uh, my mind, my mind is struggling. I don't think there's any rel- fancy excuse- rel- Yeah, Watson. Watson. Yeah, if you had, right. It's, thank you. If you had to Sean Watson and you maybe you're scrambling looking for your for your QB two. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield. I think is very much in play uh, this week as a streamer at the quarterback position.
1: I mean that that's not bad. I don't mind. I don't mind Baker. Um, but I'm going to kind of go off the cuff here because I'm not sure what his ownership is at. <laughs> but I'm going to say Derek Carr. Um, Derek Carr, I think, I mean, if you look at his stats, I mean, you'd be wild, actually. I think people just kind of just tip <laughs> Derek Carr and I'm like, oh, yeah, Raiders, yeah, Derek Carr. Um, they don't really actually have looked into it. But Derek Carr has been very, very good this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, playing him... This week, I think they're kind of a sneaky, sneaky setup. I mean, we're going head to head there with uh, the two guys; they're playing each other. But I think you know this Cleveland defense in secondary is very gettable. I mean, you know they're starting to get more healthy now. The Raiders on offense, Nelson Aguilar is kind of taking a step up. Um, he did have a, another brutal drop last week, but that's that's all right. That's what he does. But. Um, he's, he's played better. Um, Rugs is there, obviously. And I think, you know, Derek Carr can take advantage of this matchup. So uh, if the Raiders are going are to win this game, I think Derek Carr is going to have to actually, you know, use his arm to do it. So um, I like Derek Carr this week as a Not, streamer.
0: I, I, I absolutely love that call. And guys, Derek Carr has gone five games in a row with at least 250 passing yards uh, and at least two passing touchdowns. He's been really, really good, and I actually really dug into Derek Carr. Uh, was it last, last week or the, yeah. the week before? If I remember it came out, and I wrote an article on 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 the the RAW, which is like a you know a freelance open journalism website, setting out the case for why Derek Carr should be in the MVP discussion. And I genuinely think he should be. He's not going to be there because he's boring. He's you know he's yeah. vanilla ice cream. He's a Toyota Camry. No one cares, and he's not got the absolute raw output. But when you contextualize what he's done compared to like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, if you look at his offensive line, which is being torn to shreds by uh, you know injury, COVID, if you look at the receiving weapons that he's got, if you look at the schedule he's played, Derek Carr has is being absolutely bawling out this year, and no one wants to pay any attention to it. But he's certainly viable this week in fantasy, uh, and you know this is a game to attack. Um, you know, in, in DFS as well, build a game stacker stack around this one because this, this could low key turn out into a into a nice little shootout here. Yeah. That people yeah. people are just not expecting. But it would not surprise me to see at the end both quarterbacks go for 300 yards and three touchdowns with a you know a pick each or whatever. But Derek Carr has been great. His touchdown rate this season is like six and a half percent, and he has two picks over the whole season. Like he's been very, very, very good. And he's just not been at this lights out level that Russ Wilson and Aaron Rodgers have played at but they've also played, you know, powder puff schedules. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what Derek Carr does for the rest of the rest of the season to see uh, come the end of the year, whether he just forces way into the MVP conversation or not. I like that call. All right, let's move on to the tight end position. Um, Moving on quickly here. Mike, uh, the guy I'm going with is Richard Rogers uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, he's playing this Dallas defense, which is just, just atrocious. It's, they're fighting each other. Mike Nolan's rubbing Tabasco in his eyes. Dallas Scotter is on IR. Zach Ertz is out. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson's on uh, – Deshaun Watson, excuse me. I do this every time. Deshaun Jackson is is on IR. Uh, Jalen Riggs is coming back, uh, but I don't think they're going to give him a full complement of snaps right away. So it's Travis Fulgham, uh, um, Greg Ward, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who else? Yep. Miles yep. Miles, Miles, yep. Miles, yeah, Miles Sanders could be out again, which absolutely sucks. Richard Rogers is, you know, and he's, he's – Right, exactly. He's done as – a, as a streamer, a guy you can pick up for nothing, go and get in right now. This is – yeah, this is someone I feel completely comfortable starting. It wouldn't surprise me to see him be like a top eight tight end this week.
1: Yeah, no, I like that call for sure because he came through in a clutch for me in a couple spots last week. So um, I don't, don't mind that. One bit. My pick is my pick is Greg Olson, uh Seahawks. Um, I know he's not he's he's not a pretty pick. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um he's not a pretty pick. Um but you know, I think against the San Francisco 49ers defense that's pretty ravaged with injuries. I mean, obviously Patriots weren't gonna be able to take take advantage of it because they don't have any tight ends. But um,
0: What do you mean, Ryan uh, Izzo wasn't going to take advantage of that?
1: No, he was not. Um, I could see Greg Olsen getting the end zone in this one. Um, Yeah, he's under 30% owned, so I I finally got into the criteria there. So I like Greg Olsen this week as a tight end streamer.
0: Yeah, and look, looking at the raw numbers there, San Francisco haven't given up a tonne. Uh, of points to the tight end position um but you know let's let's go go back and, and look at some of the teams that they've played. Arizona Cardinals don't use a tight end. New York no. Jets have decided that Chris Herndon shouldn't be targeted no. at all for an he reason. He's retired Chris Herndon retired. Uh, New York, New York Giants. We talked about the woes of Evan Engram and his usage. So three for three, just like no tight end usage against them. Okay, Philadelphia Eagles in Week Four didn't is what not that when Dallas got it, got hurt if I recall maybe but 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 Ertz, Ertz has just not looked good all year long. Miami Dolphins. Um, wasn't that the game where where Mike didn't Shaheen sick- score? What's that?
1: Didn't Shaheen score that that week? Was that
0: the game that Shaheen the yeah Adam Shaheen scored or? Was,
1: I think he did. Shaheen did score that week. I think both the backup tight ends, Shaheen and the other guy, scored that week.
0: That's right. Uh, yeah.
1: Um, I can't even think of his name. The third string tight end for the, the Miami Dolphins.
0: Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they scored. No, they, I don't think they scored in the two both point conversion.
1: Game.
0: Might have been a two point conversion because they've only given up one, one one touchdown. Oh, what's his name? It, does it begin with? It begins with S. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is great content just i was trying to guess the name no you know what i've got to look it up because that's driving me absolutely mad durham Smythe. it does begin with yeah. s durham Smythe. there we go durham Smythe. so they and they they played the patriots like we said they played the rams they got tyler higby and jared everett great but they've, they've barely faced any decent tight ends this um you know so right. far you
1: just, you just need a touchdown um you know and if freaking Shaheen can score against him. Uh, one catch, three yards, touchdown, seven points. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's what you're looking for. You know, 8.3 eight point, eight
0: point fantasy points, baby. That's, all, that's, all, that's literally all you need to make your week at the streaming if you're streaming a tight end. But all serious, Greg Olsen, Russell Wilson is looking the way of Greg Olsen in the red zone. He's a weapon for them down there. So a team that's dropping back and throwing the ball more than we ever thought possible in Seattle. He's supporting multiple receiving options. Greg Olsen very much in play as a streamer this week. Uh, And defense, I feel like this is a fairly obvious one. Um, Just in terms of potential turnovers, uh, they do give up yardage and fantasy points to to receivers, as as I talked about earlier. But Tennessee Titans, man, going up against the Cincinnati Bengals, they're missing three starting O-linemen. Joe Mixon's probably going to be out again. Going against a rookie quarterback, who you know he's looked good at times. He's also made some questionable decisions. He hangs onto the ball too much. He likes to get sacked. Like this has got fantasy points written all over it uh, for for the Tennessee Titans, who who seemingly are not well owned or, or very popular this week for for some reason. Uh, so yeah, Tennessee Titans is is a team that I'm really interested in uh, in season long and daily fantasy.
1: Yeah, I like that call. I think, you know, Tennessee Titans kind of get after Cincinnati. I think they still have lots of issues on that O-line uh, with injuries and stuff like that. So uh, you can see the grass stains on Burrow's back um, this week. Uh, my choice is actually the Green Bay Packers. So, going again, we'll um, be against the grain uh, taking Green Bay Packers because they're not owned anywhere, really, 19% owned. Uh, so going against this Minnesota Vikings offense that is kind of blah. I expect the Packers to win this game. I expect them to cover this line. I know it's a little bit of a rivalry and it is a rivalry game, but um, I think the Packers take care of business and I don't really see, you know, I could see Kirk Cousins throwing at least one pick in this game, trying to force the ball, trying to play catch up against this Packers offense.
0: Yeah. I, um, you know, we saw what happened in uh in 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 week one uh, and back then i said i don't think the the vikings were as bad as that and i didn't think the packers were as good as they they showed in week one and you know maybe may, i guess both of those have kind of been been shown to be true but yeah i, I do like the packers as a as a streaming option here uh, as, as you said looking for for cousins to force the ball in catch-up situations is never a good thing so uh yeah some 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 potential picks to be to be had there so there are streams i had baker mayfield richard rogers and the tennessee titans uh, and Corey, you had uh derek carr you had greg olsen and the green, green bay, bay Packers. Packers. awesome and we'll, go. we will wrap up the show uh with a couple of quick very quick listener questions we've got two coming in uh the first one and um, we appreciate the questions as always the first one from uh, Peter, as a party, how many assets can Justin Herbert support moving forward? Uh, we've obviously seen him inject life into Keenan Allen. Uh, I just
1: did loves- this article, but basically I was talking about it. Go um, for it.
0: The mic is yours, my friend.
1: <laughs> um, I did ask the question to our DFF guys the same, same thing. It's like, how many fantasy relevant guys can Herbert carry? And I just did the article on Jalen Guyton who I really like, Um, obviously he's a big play threat. And obviously when you're looking at Jalen Guyton, picking him up, you're looking at, well, there's Keenan Allen, you know, there's these running backs, there's, you know, Eckler's hurt obviously, Um, but there's Mike Williams as well. So, but uh, when I was looking at Jalen Guyton, you know, I was not, I'm counting him and Mike Williams basically in the same spot because Mike Williams, you know, contract, is going to be a bit contentious at the, at the end of this year if he doesn't, you know, start stepping up a little bit more. Um, I mean, right now, Jalen Guyton's playing more than Mike Williams. So, um, that being said, I think you know Hunter Henry has been fine. But I think as Herbert grows into this offense and grows, you know, re- more rapport, with these guys, I think he could easily support you know four or five guys um, on the low end, obviously with some of them. Um, but yeah, I think he can easily you know support Eckler. he can support Kean allen obviously he's he's been awesome since you know coming over um i think he could support tight end. he could probably support one maybe even two supplementary wide receiver pieces, especially if they actually let him throw the ball even more than he's throwing it right now so um uh, i I think he's definitely capable of of supporting four or five guys.
0: Yeah, uh, this looks like it's going to be a, a you know a great offense moving forward. P- lots of fantasy options there. Tight end concerns me a little bit. I mean, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see what they do with Hunter Henry moving forward. But he's really he's been a ghost really at the tight end position for for you know where he was being drafted. Donald Parham's come on and, and had a couple of scores there. Mike Williams is such an interesting case because you know he's had he's had a few big games. He had yeah. that big blow up game against against. Um, Keenan Allen was
1: out, right?
0: Was that that was the, that was the game against the the Saints, right? Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen went out during that game. Uh, I, I, I believe that was the case. He had the begin. Yeah. but it was the last. I think it was the last play of the game. Was it the last play of the game? Um, he got a helmet like directly into the back. Remember, it was like, yeah. and, I don't know. He's, he was banged up you know banged up going into the start of the season. This is Mike Williams' problem since his days in Clemson is his durability anyway. But he took a huge hit and they went into their bye week. And I'm just thinking that what the next game he came out against Jacksonville and went one for four, one one target, one reception for four yards. Like that's not Mike Williams. And I think he can have better success this week going up against the Denver Broncos. People are gonna be soured on him. Uh but yeah, I but in terms of Herbert, I think he's gonna be a fantasy stud. Um He's just yeah, look, looks looks great. Looks just completely different than what he did at college. The, the it's his night and day transformation. He's got all these weapons around him. I think this is going to be a nice offense that we go back to the well over and over again within the next in the next few years. So I think yep. yeah, run, running back are definitely two wide receivers and potentially a tight end as well for sure.
1: Yep, for uh, sure. and
0: then one last question, interesting one here, not necessarily fantasy generated from Chris Morris. Uh, shout out to chris uh a regular listener to the show so we appreciate his support uh who do we think is going to be rookie of the year obviously right out the gate it looked like it was going to be Clyde edwards Alaire, he was the, the favorite Then joe burrow Now i've got justin herbert coming up uh there's some buzz around justin jefferson cd lamb was there for a minute now he dead um like what who, who do you think who's who, you i know you're a betting man i know you like to 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 flutter so if you're putting your your hard bit, you know one dollars on one rookie of the year right now who would it be
1: i think it's a tough question obviously i think it's gonna be one of the quarterbacks i think you kind of i think that's where you where you where you lie um just looking at the odds right now herbert's the favorite at dollar fifty eight, holy cow! Joe Burrow's at three dollars twenty four. So I would just take Joe Burrow because you're getting right. the value there. The value for sure. Um, you know, you never know what's going to happen with, with these guys. I mean, Burrow could explode and have the better season, and then Burrow just wins it. Um, yeah, I think just looking at the odds, it's, it's just one of those quarterbacks. And right now, Burrow's has the value, so I'm, I'm gonna take Burrow. Nice.
0: You don't. Could you could you see uh could you see Tua making a, a late charge if he lights out for the next eight weeks?
1: Man, he'd have to be lights out, like crazy. Yeah, um, I mean, if they make like say they go like he just wins like five six games, they make the playoffs. Maybe um, and Chargers fall off, they don't make the playoffs. Obviously, the Bengals aren't very good. Um, could happen. He's at twenty one dollars right now, so um, I don't love it though.
0: <laughs> worth 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 a fiver worth a fiver at 21 t- 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 dollars. Yeah.
1: you don't like chase claypool at 27
0: <laughs> i don't i like juju
1: guy i'm
0: a Deontay guy uh you know <laughs> yeah all right well, well we'll leave it at that we'll <laughs>
1: before leave it we for, rabbit before holes. We
0: get, we get down a rabbit hole but listen man it, it was great to be back um Thank you to everyone who's tuned in. Uh, you can find uh, me on Twitter at ff underscore down under. You can find Corey at c money fifty two. Uh, from Corey, from producer JA, who's out living up, living up his freedom, sucking in that free air outside of his out of his home. From from me, your host Lewis. Thank you for for tuning in once again. Uh, this has been the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast. We will catch you next week. Thanks for tuning into the Vault Studio. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to keep up with our video content, head over to YouTube, subscribe, and click the notification bell. Thanks for listening.